0: Hello and welcome to Automators, the automation podcast where we make all of your technology do your magic bidding for you. Yes, magic, because why not? I am Rosemary Orchard and joined as always by David Sparks. Hey, David, how are you?
1: Great. How are you today, Rose? This is our first show of the new year, our first show we recorded in the new year, at least. I'm excited to start automating.
0: Yeah, yeah, me too. We got a special guest in for today because, of course, you know, start with the new year, get, get some uh, phrases back that we've seen before, and we've got some other folks queued up who maybe you haven't heard from on the Automatrix podcast for future episodes. But welcome back to the show, Chris Lawley.
2: Hey, thank you for having me. I am super excited to be back. I'm I'm uh, honored to be your first guest of 2023.
0: It's so good that, like, it, it just worked out perfectly. I, I messaged you. You were listening to the show you're not looking yeah. until next week. So it's like perfect timing. Let's get Chris yep. on the show. And, you know, you've got some really great things that uh, in, in the show notes that I, I, I'm excited to dive into. David, I don't know, like I've, I've been looking at this and I feel like a kid in a sweet shop. There's just all of the shiny things, and I want to talk about all of them. So, Chris, you're booked for the next five episodes. Just FYI, because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think as it's long as to we're g-
2: not recording next week, because none of my podcast stuff will be set up next week because I'm moving. But <laughs> a- anytime after that, I- I'm yours. Excellent.
0: Awesome. Excellent. Well, uh, yeah, as as this episode goes out, the the previous episode. Uh, Uh, of ios today that went out you're actually standing in for me chris because uh while you might be moving as this episode releases i'm also on holiday um so you know we're actually doing a little switcheroo there which is quite good fun
2: it's like my like week of rosemary
0: (laughs) well as as long as that works out fun for you i'm I'm looking forward to watching the episode of ios today once it releases uh next week because we're recording slightly ahead of that but uh yeah in the meantime, maybe, uh, David, I, I don't know if you're ready for this, because I've been dragging you down the Home Assistant rabbit hole recently. But, you know, Chris, you're moving. So you, you must be thinking smart home and, mm-hmm. and things like, uh, what are you doing? Are you doing a, a new compave? Are you starting over from scratch? Are you carefully labeling every smart bulb that you've got with which room it's in <laughs> so that you can put it into the socket in in the room in the new house and, you know, keep your automations working? What's What's going to happen there?
2: So we're kind of at this weird time with smart home stuff because we have matter and then there's all the thread stuff. So like it's kind of like I don't want to just delete all the stuff that I have and I don't have too much as it is right now because right, right now in this moment, I'm in an apartment and when you're renting, there's not a whole lot you can do. You're not going to be able to replace ceiling fans or thermostats or I don't have like an attached garage or anything like that. So there's not a whole lot I can do. Um, one thing I do have is light bulbs and home pots. Those are the things I have just gone like full throttle into, um, And, and I'm doing that even more in this new place. So I am, I've been deep into the Phillips hue stuff for a while. I am going to stick on the Phillips hue train for now until I kind of see what's happening with like Lutron Mm -hmm. Caseta and like, Hey, what's going to happen with all that matter stuff is, is it, is it going to matter? But I'm (laughs) sorry. I'm so sorry. You just lost half your audience there. Um, So I'm really excited for this, but it's kind of this like volatile time. So I'm kind of like taking it a little easy. Uh, I have ordered an extra set of HomePod minis. So this will be my third set of HomePods. So this way I will have uh, two HomePod minis in the kitchen, two HomePod minis in the uh, bedroom, and a the original HomePod pair in my office, which I use every single day for when I'm like filming B-roll or just hanging out in here and play music. Uh, and what I've, what I'm doing is I set up a shortcut that plays music throughout the house. And what's mm-hmm. weird, I, I I don't know this, this, this one always kind of bugs me. I, I don't know about you guys, but uh, the only way to get shortcuts to play music to multiple sets of home pods is actually through a home action. Like the handoff oh. actions don't do multiple sets. But they do. They do? Wait, what? They do. What?
0: So this is something. I think I, I actually found this from Matthew Casanelli. So when you look at the set playback destination action, um, and this is something that's kind of sneaky. Um, I, I believe it's set playback destination. I'm having that lovely bug where shortcuts take a little while to load your actions and that loads one list and then that list updates in front of you uh, as you go to like swipe and tap on it. So I'm just giving it a moment to uh, con- consider its life choices. Um, oh, and it's just updated again. Yay. And again. Oh gosh. Well, wow, this is good fun. Um, so um, there we go. Change playback destination. It's a scripting action which may b- make it more fun. But if you chain- if you tap on that set, then you can add Okay, and so then you can add your HomePod or something, and you may need multiple of these actions to oh. add everything that you need. But you can absolutely do it in shortcuts. Okay, that said, so that I found Home Actions perhaps to be a little more reliable. Um, I've had a little thing recently where my bedroom HomePods have been like playing the same thing as other speakers, and then they've like kind of like lagged and dropped out. And then, like they come back again, and it's been a little bit confusing. Uh, but then I, I shuffled my arrows because um, I'd been messing with my my office setup, and so I have moved one arrow from one wall of the office to another wall of the office. I think I shouldn't have done that. I moved it back, and things seem to have been have gone back to normal since then. And my Apple TV in my bedroom works better now as well. Um, but yeah, so if you tap on the set, but set like. Part of that set playback destination action, then you can change it to add, and then you can add more things to it, or you can remove something from your playback destination if you don't want it there anymore.
2: Oh, okay, so that's where I was going wrong. Then, okay, that makes sense. But I've always been using the the home action Mm because I don't because that that's fairly that must be fairly new because I remember distinctly at one point we were all complaining because the only way you could do this was through the home action.
0: Yeah. So the playback destination has been around for a while, but I believe the changing it from just like setting it to one particular endpoint to multiple endpoints came around sometime in iOS fifteen.
2: Ah, okay. Um,
0: and um yeah, it's it's one of those ones that kind of snuck under the radar. Um, but it's an incredibly useful action. Um and I, I certainly appreciate the fact that it it's there. Um that said, well, um well, for, it's for my there,
1: but it's only there on mobile. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes yeah it, it's not there on the oh, mac it's, it's not which, there on the mac
2: home. yes
1: it makes me <laughs> yeah. nuts it makes me crazy because yeah. i oh, like you yeah. i have two in my studio and i love kicking off music but i was oh yeah i have to do that on the phone because otherwise i can't address
2: my home bots. so i guess that is a benefit of using the home action then because the home action is on the mac yeah. I'm, I'm looking at it right now and that that may be one of the reasons why i I also didn't notice the set playback thing because since I've last got on the show I've gotten r- really back into the mac uh still still really like the iPad uh no th- no freak out but uh I still I still uh i've I've been using the mac a bit more as well
0: yeah though so speaking of the mac and shortcuts have either of you had sh- you you try to open the shortcuts app on the mac and it just bounces in the dock And then it bounces in the dock, and then it bounces in the dock, and eventually it crashes. Because I think on this Mac, I've not been able to open the Shortcuts app in over a month now. In fact, it must be over a month, because it was sometime, like, in November that I was doing something in Shortcuts on this Mac. And then, since then, it's just not opened. Like, it opens on all of my other devices. It works perfectly everywhere else, but not on this Mac for some reason.
2: Uh It's driving me crazy. It doesn't happen to me every time, but since I've upgraded to Ventura... It happens every once in a while. And I and the only fix that I've had for it is rebooting my Mac.
0: I tried rebooting. Uh, I've just noticed there's another Ventura update that I can install. So I'll do that after the show and see if maybe that fixes it. But I have like reported this to Apple. And then I got like a message back from whoever is triaging the support thing saying, what did you do? And I'm like, <laughs> as I wrote, I tried to open the shortcuts app. It works everywhere else, just not here. And there's some kind of like... Thread fault or something. I I don't remember what it was, but it's trying to access something it doesn't have permission to access. Um, and then it 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 tries to do that multiple times and then goes. I don't know what I'm doing, but yes, huh. it's it's one of those things where it's uh making it a little problematic to uh read uh macOS shortcut sections as as we record the show. But aside from that, uh you know shortcuts is working pretty well for me. And going back to playing music, I actually use home actions, um, and I actually call them through push cut um so that i can have them triggered um with my alarm clock in the morning uh, oh. so when so when my alarm goes off in the morning um because uh, there's that shortcuts automation um trigger right for when your wake up alarm goes off and this is only available sleep stuff is only available on iphone so if your sleep focus is enabled on your ipad you can't use that as an automation trigger or turning it off can't be used as an automation trigger you can use your wake up alarm um, or waking up specifically as a trigger on your iPhone. And so what I do on my iPhone is I actually have that uh, ping home assistant uh, and go, hey, Rose is awake. Um, and then that does a number of things, including uh, depending on Uh, like how early it is. If I have to get up at five o'clock in the morning for some reason, I'm not going to play music even quietly just in case it disturbs my neighbors. Um, But it will check and then play music appropriately um, using the home action and push cut. I should probably simplify that and just do that on my phone. But uh, as it is, it it works right now. So I I guess I'll leave it alone until I have the urge to tinker with something else. But the home actions do work very well for things like that because you can tie that into a part of another automation so, you know, you can have it turn on lights and do this and that um, as part of one or more scenes and then
2: activate those through shortcuts. So I, I do something very similar to that because I am somebody that will uh, I have a hard time getting out of bed in the morning. Like I'll just lay in bed if no lights come on. So yeah. I have a ho- I have a automation tied to when my alarm goes off, uh, it turns on my bedroom light to 10 percent and then waits 60 seconds and because of shortcut bugs sometimes it's you know 60 seconds sometimes it's longer than 60 seconds it will then turn those bedroom lights on to a hundred percent which will wake me right up Uh, (laughs) so it 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 kind of forces me to get out of bed it's kind of like almost like a cattle prod to kind of just get me going and like you know like hey uh, you got to get to work
0: (laughs) oh yeah this is uh when i hit the snooze button on my alarm uh if um it's my wake up alarm then it runs a uh shortcuts action using a great app called signals for homekit um and what that does is uh, signals can like flash lights to specific colors and brightnesses and then restore them to how they were or set them to something else what this does is when i when i hit snooze um, it actually increases the volume on my HomePods, um, <laughs> <laughs> like not by a lot to be clear, because again, I have neighbors and I want them to not want to evict me or murder me. That would, that seems like a good idea, but it increases the volume on my home pods slightly and then flashes my bedroom lights, um, in like a-, a blue color or a white color, um, depending on, you know, just a, a sort of semi-random pick, um, so that, uh, I can, you know, like actually flashlights at myself really, really brightly. And then it sets them to like a cool white um, and a hundred percent to try and get me to, to wake up. Um, So yeah, my, my snooze alarm is something that I'm training myself out of hitting, which is probably for, for the best because I, I, I am tempted to hit snooze a lot, unfortunately.
1: Chris, uh, before we move on, I just want to talk about your home pods a little bit. You, so you've got the, uh, the big ones, a pair of the big ones, and you've got yeah. multiple sets of the smaller ones. Uh, what's your impression of that? I mean, how are the smaller ones doing compared to the big ones?
2: The, the smaller ones work. Uh, that's, that's, they, they're fine for podcast. I don't like them for music. They don't have that. umph the, the original ones have, I'm still better at Apple for, for canceling or getting rid of the original ones without, you know, coming out with a replacement for them. Um, my original ones are barely hanging on. They are, they, they struggle uh, a lot of times, like they they will get, uh, so they're in a stereo pair. So a lot of times, like one will just stop playing music. Uh, it's usually the left one. I don't know if there's something, I don't know, but it's usually the left one. So I have to like go in and unplug it. In fact, I've actually got to the point where I'm so tired of having to crawl behind, get, get behind the bookshelf that they're on to unplug them that I put a smart power strip back behind there. So sure. I can just toggle it from HomeKit and just yeah. reboot them that way. <laughs> um, but i very much want apple to do you know big home pods again uh, mm. i also just bought for my new apartment uh like a soundbar sound system thing so it's you know it's a soundbar but it's also got the rear speakers and a subwoofer as well nice so and it has airplay too so i will actually be able to add that to my shortcut for playing music throughout the house so yes. uh, not only will it play to the home pods but it'll also play in the living room where that will be set up as well so i'm very much looking forward to that configuration but uh, i would very much appreciate if apple made something with a little more umph than the home pod minis cuz they just don't they just don't have that like that sound the original ones have i'm not an audio person i don't know what the the terms are oh yeah
1: it's it's to me i agree it's it's so obvious how much better they are and like you i have some that are doing fine but i from what i hear one day they're just gonna quit on me which is kind of sad too because they were quite expensive but the um yeah but they're great uh, a related automation i do before we move on, on to sound is i also do uh, dark noise um ones like oh, this yeah. where like, I've got one where just a room where I say, bring the rain and it brings the rain. Or if I say, um, you know, um, bring all the rain, you know. <laughs> and the, uh, yeah. you know, they, they, I don't know if you've ever heard the story about Prince in the Super Bowl, but he was supposed to um, um, play the Super Bowl and it started raining. And he called the guy and said, I only have one request, make it rain harder, you know. And so I use that <laughs> for my, uh, I have that for so. If I want it, like if I'm home alone, I'll have every HomePod in the house playing it. If it's just me here with family, then I'll shut the door and just have the the studios play. But yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, the The whole triggering for sound is a great automation tool, but it's a little too fiddly. Apple needs to fix some things. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, yeah, I
0: have two things that I'm gonna suggest. First of all, Chris, if you haven't tried like decoupling your HomePods as a stereo pair. Um, and then rebooting them and then recoupling them. Try that because I had the same issue with my office home pods. so I unpaired them, which was great because it also gave me the opportunity to rename them. So I now have uh, office home pod window and office home pod door instead of right and left, where right and left are really subjective depending on where yeah. you are in the room. So I've actually stopped naming things left and right. The exception I've made for this is my wardrobes because uh, you like like I could go and stand inside my wardrobe, but it would be pretty cramped to get in there. it's not a walk-in wardrobe. Um, so, um, I, I've wait, made wait, that I like, a every
1: wardrobe middle. in the UK led to Narnia. not isn't there a Oh, door?
0: it still leads to Narnia it leads to narnia it's just a case of like getting in there like i have clothes david i have okay. dresses like and there's, and there's, there's a definitely... lion and
2: a witch in there as well right well definitely definitely yeah.
0: l- okay. l- let's not let's not talk about all the mythical creatures as well because they're fabulous um <laughs> but uh yeah so in general i've stopped naming things like left and right and so i've renamed them and when i unpaired my my home pop pair like you can identify them while they're in the pair but it just gave me an opportunity to like rename them more appropriately um and sort that and then Pair them back together, and since then, fingers crossed, touch wood, they seem to be working fine. So that's certainly worth looking at, especially as you're, you're moving. You know, it's an ideal time to to sort of break them and and then put them back together um, from a digital perspective, not a physical perspective. But my other recommendation that I think is worth looking at, if people are looking for smart speakers with AirPlay support, and maybe you already have HomePod Minis, um, and you you want to keep Siri as your voice assistant, but you're you're not in love with the sound are the Ikea Symphonisk range. Because the Ikea Symphonisk range are Sonos speakers. But they're made by Ikea, so they're cheaper. So I have a Symphonisk picture frame. Um, and um, I, I absolutely love it. It's great. I do have a Sonos Roam as well, which I take into the bathroom with me so that I can you know, use it while I'm showering. I don't take it in the shower, but I put it next to the shower. It is, uh, I think, waterproof, splash-resistant, something. I, I I keep it out the way of the spray either way um, and, and try and not get water directly on it but um it's pretty great for that but ikea sell speakers starting from like 99 dollars with airplay 2 um mm-hmm. built in and so they have home kit support um and i think that that's certainly worth looking at for folks they have like stands um that you can put them on they even have like a a wall mount for one of their speakers with like a wireless charger underneath it so that you can like mount it on the wall by your bed have a speaker and a charger uh, for your phone, which is quite cool. And they do all sorts of artwork for the uh, picture frame. I may have to pick up some new art for my picture frame. I like what I've got in there, but uh, maybe maybe I should uh, think about changing it up every once in a while. But uh, it's certainly worth looking at. I'm really pleased with my Symphonisk stuff um, and it works. It works super well. Um, and yeah, personally, I'm not a fan of how the lamps look. They are not my taste at all, but I know that some people love that look. Um, and for the folks that don't love that, then there's the bookshelf speakers. Um, That you can look at or the the picture frame option. Um, And, you know, it's Sonos speakers in Ikea housing. So cheaper, (laughs) which is certainly worth considering.
2: Interesting. Yeah, I I will. I will have to look into that. I thought about going into the Sonos, you know, the Sonos world when I was moving and stuff, but it's so pricey. Uh, it, it was it to get the like same kind of speaker configuration that I ordered for my new place. It would have been about four times the cost. So I was just like, Nope, I'm good. Like <laughs> that's yeah. a little too much for me right now. Just but I could see me doing it in the future for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I I nearly before Christmas talked myself into buying a Sono soundbar because uh, I was getting annoyed. My Logitech Harmony Hub's been having a couple of issues turning on specifically my soundbar. Um I my mean, soundbar was going to sleep. Um at times like when I paused the TV and wandered off for a bit, I would have the Apple screensaver kick in and so on. Like come back and hit play and there'd be no sound, and I'd have to like scrabble around and toggle the the soundbar to turn it back on. And so I was like, okay, this is it. I've got an excuse. I'm upgrading to a Sonos soundbar. And then i Really stupidly googled my Bose soundbar and found out that there was a standby option that I could turn on where it wouldn't actually turn off. So I saved myself a couple of hundred uh, by doing that. So it's probably for the best. I did that, you know, e waste and everything as as well um, as saving money. Um, But yeah, I I didn't enable myself into a Sonos soundbar because the one thing I would love is if it had um, AirPlay support. But I've got a HomePod in that room. Uh, It's a black HomePod I picked up on eBay, um, pretty much unused and. Yeah, it it works great. So yeah, I'm okay with uh, AirPlay support in every room. I've got I've got Siri listening everywhere. It feels like so I'm um, I think I'm okay. But uh, especially as you've already got you know HomePod Minis, Chris, that you could dot around for listening to voice interactions. You mm-hmm. know, throwing some other sp- smart speakers in there to do the actual music playing might be a good solution to some of the problem.
2: Yeah, that that would be really good.
0: This episode of Automators is brought to you by ExpressVPN. We all know how a VPN protects your privacy and security online. But here's something you might not know. You can also use ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. If you've run out of stuff to watch on Netflix, this will change your world. So I've used this to do all sorts of things. At the moment, I am actually using this to get around the fact that the internet provider that I'm currently using doesn't actually correctly let me access things like GitHub, which is weird, um, but I've used this to finish watching a show that I started on Netflix in Austria when I then went on the a holiday to the US and many other things. So it's really nice to just be able to quickly tap one little thing in ExpressVPN and pick up, say, Brooklyn 99 9 or How I Met Your Mother without having to figure out the geo block that's only applicable in one country suddenly in the middle of a show. ExpressVPN lets you control where you want sites to think you're located. You can choose from almost 100 different countries, so just imagine all those Netflix libraries you can go through. If you love Korean dramas, you can use ExpressVPN to watch Parasite on South Korean Netflix. And it's not just Netflix. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service. Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, whatever you want. There are hundreds of VPNs out there. But ExpressVPN is ridiculously fast, which you want when you're watching shows. No buffering, no like, and you can stream in HD. ExpressVPN works on all your devices. Phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and more. So you can watch what you want on the big screen or on the go. So, if you want to get access to hundreds of new shows, go to expressvpn.com/automators right now, and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. Expressvpn.com/automators. Expressvpn.com/automators. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of this show and all of Relay FM.
1: All right, Chris. So you you're getting into this new space. You got your speakers sorted out. What other home automation things are you thinking about bringing along or or setting
2: up? So one thing I absolutely hate doing is vacuuming. Okay. I don't know why, <laughs> yeah. but if I I I put off vacuuming way too long, and I just don't want to do it. Uh, so my current place isn't too big. I have a Roomba, but my problem is I work from home. So I, the Roomba never runs because I'm home. Uh, so with this new place, what I'm trying to do is force myself to get out, you know, go work at Starbucks, be one of those guys that, you know, hey, I'm going to go sit in the corner right at Starbucks, whatever. You know, it, it, it is what it is. Like, it, it's a way to get out of the house. When you work at home, it, it gets a little frustrating. So I am lo- going to get and I'm so frustrated because I went to order it the other day and it was sold out but the Roomba J7 and I think oh. this is one of the newer ones but it's both a mop and a vacuum in one robot which okay. I'm very excited about because I don't want the dual robots I I want one robot. Yeah. Uh and the cuz the place I'm moving into it had it's hardwood floors everywhere except uh the bedrooms. Uh, the bedrooms are carpet and for anyone that does audio like that's like the perfect setup because you don't want hardwood floors in a place you record audio because you get a whole bunch of echo and stuff like that. So, yeah. this is like the perfect robot for my my place, but it's sold out. <laughs> I was just like, okay. "No." <laughs> Would
0: you like an alternative suggestion, Chris? Because yes. I I had the dueling robots, okay? They they were friends. It, it was it was a uh, Buttercup and, um, oh gosh, Wesley, Wesley, sorry. Uh, i had a moment where I forgot my princess bride references. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, cup and Wesley. Um, so the, the vacuum and the ro- and the mop, um, and they were great. Uh, the mop was not particularly smart. It was like a, you fill it, you stick it on the ground, you press the go button and it goes, uh, and that beeps at you when it's done. Um, it was fine. I only have two, um, tiled, Floors in my place, my kitchen, and my bathroom. Uh, but I got something a little different, which is I got the Omni uh or the Ecovex Dbot Omni X1 Turbo.
2: That is now, a name. This, it yeah, is, no it kidding.
0: is, it is a heck of a name. Um, the difference between the Omni ones versus a lot of the others is it will not go onto carpet when the mop is attached. Oh. And so a lot of these ones they'll like try they'll pick up their mop. And then go onto the carpet. And 99 times out of 100, probably 199 times out of 200 or even higher than that, that works perfectly. The problem is is when it doesn't work perfectly and then it kind of like drags dirty mop heads and water all over your carpet.
1: Mm.
0: And because my place is mostly carpet, I was not okay with that, with that possibility. So I went with the Omni um, option um, because uh, what it has is it's got little magnetic mop heads on it. Um, and so what you do is you just you know say um okay eco come here um and then eco's listening it's got a little voice assistant built into it it's not great but it, it works for okay eco come here um and so it uh, pops out of its little garage and, and co- goes over to you and then you just lift up the back and like put your fingers on the mop heads uh, to like push them down and then they push down onto the floor and you you take them away and then say okay eco go home and you know that's it um and then it will uh the next time it cleans it will just vacuum because obviously the mop heads aren't attached it detects automatically whether or not the mop heads are attached and when the mop heads are attached even if you tell it like go clean the bedroom in your case christopher because that's the the one that's got carpet it'll get to the bedroom and be like no i can't do that sorry mop's attached and just trundle on home um which is quite cool so that's certainly something to consider for folks uh like me who have pale cream carpets in their house and don't want to risk uh dirty mop water and stuff getting everywhere Uh, for me i'm really enjoying um the the robot it does the auto emptying of the bin it washes its own mop heads and cleans them and dries them it's got a little blow dryer in it for the mop heads so cute um and uh yeah it it, it's great i i love it it also has shortcut support so what i do is uh when i leave the house um i so when when uh, so this is Better Cup 2.0. So when Better Cup 2.0 runs, um, I I just update something in in Home Assistant and say hey Better Cup ran, um, and so that I know that you know Better Cup's clean today. But when I leave the house, um, Home Assistant knows I've left the house and it can check my calendar. So if like I just run to the shop that's down the road, then it's probably not gonna it, well it won't check because I've told it like if I just go to a supermarket, don't check. Um, but if I go to say my belly class, it'll go hey, did we run today? Um, oh, no, we haven't run today. Okay, we're going to clean. And then it just goes off and it cleans automatically based on the fact that I've left home. Um, and so it just does it and it, it just calls my push call automation. So it was like, hey, Buttercup 2, go clean. And Buttercup 2 goes and cleans and that's it, works perfectly. So uh, something to consider, uh, something with shortcut support either way uh, might be a really good way to uh, work around making sure that, uh, you know, your robot vacuum runs when you're not home. Um, so... That's, that's that's something fantastic. to consider.
2: Fantastic! Yeah, I will definitely look at that because that's that's exactly what I want. Uh, I was always, you know, I was I was kind of in the Roomba camp because they had that auto detect feature. But you know, it's not HomeKit nor shortcut. I don't think Roombas have shortcut support. Uh, mine doesn't, at least.
0: I I don't have a Roomba to check. Uh, so maybe maybe somebody listening to the show can write in, or um, if you tweet, toot, uh, post about it, then I'll I'll reshare it. So you may get some some answers before you move um, as to whether or not it, it has it. Or maybe somebody can hook you up with a, a Roomba. They they find one that's in stock somewhere so you can get it and always return it, perhaps if it doesn't have shortcut support. Because I know different models may or may not have the the support. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, as it is, um, I'm finding that the shortcut support, like it's not amazing shortcut support, to be honest. Like it's just a couple of actions, but it works. And yeah. that's, that's all I care about.
2: But it, I mean, that's the thing that I, that I would care about is making sure it runs when I'm not home because I don't I don't know about you guys, but like my Roomba that I have now, it's not one of the smart ones. It's not it's not particularly fancy at all, but it's so loud. Uh, even if I have noise canceling headphones on, I can still hear it. So I don't like it to run when I'm at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I have ADHD and I get distracted very easily.
0: Yeah, and there there is nothing worse than watching. A, a robot do a task that you do not want to do by hand and going, I could do this better than you. Why are you being so silly at doing this? Why are you going around in circles? This doesn't make sense. Why did you miss that piece of fluff on the floor? Pick up the fluff. Um, yeah. And before you know it, you're standing over the, the robot trying to make it do the thing instead of doing what you're supposed to be doing. So so yeah, I I I actually, what I do is I have a, a meeting every morning um, from uh, 945 until 10. So at 950, um, Buttercup cleans the kitchen. So whatever oh, nice. happens in the day, like the kitchen gets cleaned, it's diagonally the other side of my apartment to where I am. Um, and the kitchen door is usually shut, uh, partially for heat reasons because that room doesn't have heating, um, partially for noise reasons because buttercup plus washing machine, dishwasher, tumble dryer, et cetera, are all in that room. Um, and so at the very least, like my kitchen floor gets cleaned on a daily basis, which is great, um, because it has like mapping and area cleaning and all of that built into it. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, Nice to make sure that at least one floor is cleaned every day and then it'll go and like clean the whole house um, when when I actually go out, which is great.
1: I, I, so I've got a couple points to add here. Number one is if you're interested in automation and you haven't tried a robot vacuum, you should. And um, the ones we're talking about are kind of the high-end ones. You can, like, you know, Chris is looking for one. Yuffie makes some
0: really good ones as well, which are at the uh, lower end of the price range, um, especially when they're on sale, definitely worth looking at. I had a Yuffie one before, and the only reason why I upgraded was I got a really good deal on the Ecovacs.
1: Yeah, so what what I was saying is you you can get one fairly inexpensive, so look for them. And secondly, the clear name for a robot vac is not Buttercup, it's Moe. You have to name your 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 robot vac after the little cleaning robot from Wally. I mean, let's just well, all I agree.
0: Mean, he's more of a mop than than a vacuum. Um, and I mostly need vacuuming, hence why I went for Buttercup because I thought it was time that she actually did some of the work. But I do respect Mo as a good name choice.
2: So my my parents named theirs Rosie after the Jetsons. Okay, my I get it. current one is R two because I'm a big Star Wars nerd. But yeah, you know, th- there's good names out there. I think you have to name one. I think you, you
1: do yeah. have oh, to. Oh, like, you do? Yeah.
2: Oh,
0: yeah. There's actually like a naming place in the Ecovacs app. I'm pretty certain there was one in the Eufy app as well. Uh, if folks want to chime in in the, in the forums and let us know whether or not you can name your robot mops and vacuums in their app, or if you have to resort to like putting a label on them with Sharpie or something to name them, uh, please do let us know. Uh, this is essential feedback. Uh, also, what is the name of your 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 robot assistant if you have one? Or what would it be if you don't have one? Um, yeah, yeah I've
1: got an aging Roomba, but home assistant recognizes it. So I've got uh, enough automation and, uh, mine is just a vacuum. I do have a separate little mop that, uh, that Rose convinced me to buy. And I put that out in a couple of rooms where we've got just the wood floors only, but I find actually to clean the wood floors, I actually have to do it myself. They, you know, the robot vac isn't that great. Um, but the vacuuming part is amazing. And uh, nine times out of ten, the way I activate it is I go over and I push the button and I walk out of the room and close the door, and that's good enough. So, you know, as much as I like automation, some of this stuff is is pretty easy, but the, uh, the real automation piece of this is not necessarily triggering it, but it's to be in the other room doing something else while your floor is getting vacuumed. And these things are a lot better than they used to be, you know, even the cheaper mm-hmm. ones.
0: They are. Yeah, they're both a lot better than they used to be. And also, they're not supposed to be as good as like your gigantic humongous vacuum because they're supposed to run every day. And you're not supposed to drag out your gigantic humongous vacuum every day. You're supposed to do it like once a week or in some folks' cases, once a month or whatever, whatever is needed for um, where you live. But the the robot vacuum can run multiple times a day if needed um, because it won't get tired and want to go on strike um, unless it goes back on the dock incorrectly and doesn't charge, which... Hasn't happened to me um, with the Ecovacs. Happened to me occasionally with the Yuffie, though I think the cat I was fostering for a while may have been responsible for some of that. So uh, if you have pets, <laughs> make sure that the robot has poop detection as a side note. or oh Check gosh. for poop before you run it, just in case. You don't want oh, poop to get in. That's a thing that you want to avoid.
1: Yeah, I actually acclimated my dog when she was a little puppy. to the. I started running the vacuum the day she arrived and now to her it's just another stupid thing that that you know i do and she could care less about it
0: so so does does your robot um, vacuum david send you a map when it's done cleaning because it could, I saw, but I don't
1: pay any attention okay. to it. Yeah.
0: Well, I saw something um, ages ago, so I'm not going to be able to find it now. Where uh, somebody's uh, dog was so not bothered by the vacuum that every day, um, when the vacuum finished, it would send them a little map, and they would be able to tell where their dog was sleeping, because <laughs> it would just be like sleeping in the middle of the floor, and there would be like a dog outline where the robot just couldn't (laughs) clean it It would like go up to the dog and then like reverse back and then go up to it again and reverse back and like work its way around the dog. So there'd be like this dog hole somewhere in the kitchen or the living room uh, every time they vacuumed. And I I just thought that that was brilliant and adorable.
1: That is adorable. Well, robot Vax thumbs up from all the automators. Um, Oh yeah. um, What about lights and switches? I mean, you said, so you said you're going to keep your, um, your light bulbs, your smart light bulbs. Um, now that you've got space, I, I would recommend looking into to Lutron. I mean, it's such a game changer for home automation.
0: Can you use those in combination with smart bulbs, or do you have to buy like special ones to use with smart bulbs? Because I know that Hugh released like a module that you can put into the wall if you've got space in the wall, which we don't here in the UK usually, um, so that like the regular light switch works, but like if your smart light switch kills power to the smart bulb. Then you're going to continually be told like, hey, a bunch of devices aren't responding in HomeKit, which is just annoying.
2: So for me, I think what I want to do is I want to do both, but I'm kind of waiting until I get in there to kind of see which light switches control which outlets, because that's that's the big kicker for me. I think like if if. You, like you were saying, Rose, like if, if you turn off a light switch and the smart bulbs you're, is connected to that, you're going to have a whole bunch of error issues. But what I, I would ultimately love to be all in on Lutron Caseta. I've heard nothing but good things from all the podcasters, all the friends, everyone that's that's gone in on it. I've, I've never heard anyone say anything bad about it. It is a little pricey to get in and stuff like that, which, mm-hmm. you know, all this stuff it adds up. But... um, the nice thing is it's just once it's in it's there and it's reliable. So I think for now I I ordered a couple extra Hue bulbs just so I could get up and running. But I am kind of yeah. waiting to see how all the matter stuff shakes out um, because not only do I want to go in for Lutron Caseta for the lights, but I also want to go in with Lutron Caseta for the blinds as well. Like I want to okay. the place that I'm moving into just has dumb pole blinds, you know the the metal blinds that you see in most American homes. I don't know you know outside of America what what they are, but American we have homes are-
0: like fabric blinds over here. You can get them Ooh. in different colors. You you buy them in Ikea and you can get the smart ones from Ikea as well. So I have yeah. smart Ikea blinds. They work super well, I have to say. Um, and uh, you can also just buy Akara controllers for blinds, which like go onto the chain of a blind. So if there's somewhere where you can't get like a blind, a smart blind to fit that space, but you can get a blind that you like the look of, then you could always just add a smart controller to that, to, to work around it not being so smart. I also, by the way, just to backtrack a little bit, just found. If you don't go in on Lutron Casita, you go in on Lutron Aurora. Those control smart bulbs. They are smart bulb oh. dimmers. Um, and I'll put a link to those in the show notes um, for folks, uh, so that you can have a look at them. Because I, I knew that Lutron did something for smart bulbs, uh, and I, so I've I just found it on their website, uh, which is uh, I think useful to know. Because yeah, if you want, if you want like things like uh, changing white colors um uh, or changing colors then you're going to want a smart bulb um but you you don't want to be killing the power to those so
2: yeah see i don't i don't do the light bulbs that change colors i okay i might be the only youtuber on the planet that doesn't like led lights uh i i don't know what it is but like the constant changing led light maybe it's my adhd uh i find it very distracting
0: See, so, yeah, I just set a static like I have three lights behind me that are color, which I set statically before the start of a show, and then I have um, a white adaptive uh, overhead bulb, so it will change from like a cool blue light in the morning to a warm yellow yeah. light in the evening. Um, Those are what I have. Yeah, and that that works well for me because I can actually see. Like the problem, sometimes the, the problem with a lot of the color bulbs is if you open them up, you'll see there's like five rgb leds in there and 10 white ones so if you set it to like bright red that bright red is not going to be bright because it's only got five leds and they're red um whereas if you set it to white then it'll be twice as bright because there's white and also it's it it appears lighter because it's a white color instead of a red color so uh yeah so i i've gone aside from one room where i already had a color uh bulb which was previously in a lamp i have just got uh white adaptive hue bulbs uh in in my lights uh primarily i've got like some hue i've got a hugo hue iris um and some light strips for colors which just get set like at the start of the day and that's it david i know you were doing um things with your lighting colors to indicate like different things that you were doing at different times so as you switch from doing this thing to that thing you were you were looking into setting uh color scenes yeah um as kind of like a visual prompt for yourself
1: exactly i've got a hue strip on the back of my desk and it's like uh it's like a notification system, like if the doors oh, are unlocked cool. or if I'm changing focus modes and things like that. And uh, yeah, I haven't got it completely wired in. I'm, I'm using primarily for it, um, Hue lights because they're so good at color changing. And most of the lights I have don't do color change because I'm cheap and uh, I don't really need it, you know. Um, but, mm. the, um, but I've got a couple of Hue little spotlights on. I've got like a, a workbench in my studio. I call it the iron giant, but it's like you know, if you go to a home center and you get a big metal thing with metal drawers, that's what it. It's one of those things. But I put them in the back of it so it backlights anything I put on top of it, and then I have a, a strip light on the back of my desk, and and that's addressable with with shortcuts. And you know, once you get shortcuts, any you know, the world is your oyster. And so <laughs> yep. I've been playing with uh, doing stuff like that, and it's kind of fun, like. Uh, you know, like I said, is the door unlocked or is, uh, you know, like switching to like serious focus mode, uh, changing colors and things like that. It's just other ways to to rewire my brain to get work done.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I've, I've been doing something similar as well. I've uh, recently got a, a Zigbee um, RGB LED strip. Um, it's actually RGB CCT FCOB. Because all of the acronyms are needed, so RGB, <laughs> red, green, blue, CCT, color changing temperature, FCOB, flexible something or other. Uh, obviously, COB. It's it's the one where the the LEDs are so close together in the, in the strip that you can't actually see the individual bulbs. Um, basically. Um, and so I got one of those, um, and it's addressable. It's got addressable sections and I've stuck that up over my bed. So I have like, um, cupboards that are are fixed to the wall, um, which go over the head of my bed. And there's like a little lip that hangs down. So, um, I've stuck the, these lights to the lip where it's kind of pointing back at the wall. So they're not shining directly down on my face, but like they're reflecting off of, um, the, 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 the cupboards that hang overhead, which are Slightly shiny. Um, They're not entirely matte. Um, And what that does now in the morning is before my alarm goes off, uh, this starts red and it transitions through orange, yellow, warm white. And then when my alarm goes off, then it starts going into cool white um, over the next five minutes or so to help me wake up in the morning. And that has been working incredibly well. It's not like an actual um, sad light um, for seasonal affective disorder or anything like that. But you know what, having a fake sunset above my head for like half an hour in the morning is definitely working for me um, and it's helping me get up. So yeah, it, it's also pretty darn bright. So it might just be the brightness. Uh, I may find at some point that I've started sleeping with my head under the covers. Um, if that happens, I'll have to report back. But as it is, it, you know, I've, I've got colors in 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 that sort of thing. But other than that, I'm, I'm just using, you know, cool to warm white adaptive bulbs in other places and... um I'm just using an adaptive lighting integration in Home Assistant to automatically adapt um, color and or brightness in some cases. Um, just so that, you know, like my hallway lights will automatically adapt to be really dim at, at night. So if I get up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, the, the light doesn't turn on like cold white at two o'clock in the morning to 100% waking you up. It's on like a a nice warm white that's quite quite dim. So you can see where you're going, but it doesn't really wake you up.
1: My last bit of, of home kit intervention for you here is I think you should consider smart locks. You know, it's, I know oh, yeah. it's not on your yeah. list, but they're, the, the, this is something I finally home put key. the bullet on two or three years ago. And it's just so convenient. Like, I mean, we don't get much rain here, but yesterday we had a, a pretty good rainstorm. And I got home and I've got all the stuff in the car, the groceries, whatnot. I got to get in the house and just sit in the car and just unlock the door with your phone. Oh, yeah. And then be able to just, you know, bolt in. It's just so convenient.
0: So if you get one with um, HomeKit integration and you turn on Siri suggestions in CarPlay, then when you're at home, um, if you look at the bottom corner closest to the driver's seat of CarPlay, you may see um, like a little icon that's like uh, eight squares. Um, or you may see one with a, uh, a left angle, uh, a rectangle on the left vertically, and then four squares on the right. Um, either way, if you if you tap the eight squares twice, or you just tap the, the the rectangle and the four squares once, then that will take you like to the the CarPlay home screen with like map directions um, and so on. And if you've got Siri suggestions enabled and you have a HomeKit garage there, and I know Chris, you're looking at garages, then you can unlock that. Now, what I've done, I don't have a garage. But I have a garage in HomeKit, or at least HomeKit thinks I do, because what I did in Home Assistant is just say, hey, uh, can we pretend that my patio uh, locks our garage, please, Uh, and send that over to HomeKit? And so now when it's raining, I can just tap it on my CarPlay dashboard, get out of the car and bolt straight into the house without actually having to, you know, pause and get soggy and wet, which is perfect. So uh, if you're actually getting garage, Chris, I know you're looking at the Mero Smart Garage Door Opener. Um, and, uh, I've, I've heard from various people that aside from uh, some brief blips due to some exceptionally cold weather in Memphis recently, um, that it, it's been working really well for them. Uh, then, uh, yeah, you can, you know, unlocking your garage slash door from CarPlay is amazing. Definitely recommended or home key. look into home key options and then you can just tap your, your wrist on the, on the lock and open it.
2: Yeah, so uh, for me, the way this house is laid out, that the garage is right in the front. So, like, I'll probably always come in and out of the garage when, like, you know, unloading groceries and stuff like that. So garage like a smart garage door opener the miros miros i don't know how to pronounce it uh that one is kind of like at the top of my to-do list i it's should be here tomorrow but i can't install it until next week i don't expect to have any issues with the cold because i am in fresno california it does not get cold here. Uh, it gets extremely hot here. So we'll see what what uh, what it can handle as far as the heat what, heat side um, like in the summer. I'm not even joking. It'll get to like 110 degrees Fahrenheit here. Like it's it's no joke. Yeah. Um, So we'll see if how that handles in the heat, but I will probably like, I have smart locks on like to, to, you know, the to-do list. It's not necessarily at the top of my, like, Hey, these are the things I need to do within the first week of moving in. Uh, But it's on my list of things I want to look into. uh, Cause uh, yeah, especially one with the, the, the home key, the one where you could just use like your Apple watch to unlock the door. That would be very, very convenient.
0: Yeah, yeah. I wish my locks supported that. Unfortunately, they don't. Um, I have uh, Yale Smart Locks, uh, and over here in the UK, they don't have uh, Homekey support, at least yet. And then I would have to switch the modules out. And I've currently just got Z-Wave modules in, which I just shared to Home Assistant and then shared back into HomeKit. That was my first use of HomeKit, actually. just It's cheaper to buy the, the Z-Wave modules by a lot over here than the Control 4 which is uh zigbee um and i didn't know how to get stuff into home kit in any other way at the time so i just went with home assistant and one large rabbit hole later having fun automating things but yeah i think i think the garage door opener for you Chris sounds like it's gonna be a very good pick there
2: yeah i'm i'm very excited about that uh the one thing that I am kind of bummed about, but maybe it's a good thing, is the Miros one isn't one of the ones that works with Amazon that, like, the Amazon delivery people can just open up the door, slide your package in, and close it. Uh, my brother has one of those, and he absolutely loves that because he doesn't have to, like, worry about, like, being home for an important package delivery or something like that.
0: Well, you can always look into that Ufi package box um, that they brought out for things oh, like okay. that. Uh, I think it was Yuffie that brought out the package box. Uh, Somebody brought out like a a smart package delivery box. I'll I'll see if I can find a link for the show notes.
1: This episode of The Automators is brought to you by Electric. Go to electric.ai slash automators and unbury yourself from IT tasks. And you get a free pair of Beats Solo 3 wireless headphones when you schedule a meeting. Building your small business takes work and you have to keep your ear to the ground for things that will help you take it to the next level. But this can be hard when your attention is pulled in different directions because that's the reality of being a boss. And moreover, you are a technical boss. You're listening to the automators. You know how to deal with basic IT stuff. So why don't you do it? Well, the reason you shouldn't do it is because you need to be building your business and not being the IT person. And that's where the team at Electric comes in. They know small businesses, maybe like yours, face these challenges, and that's why they've solved the problem for you by operating as your IT department. So instead of spending your time sorting through unused application licenses, setting up employee laptops, and answering never-ending IT questions from your team, you can build your empire. With Electric acting as your IT department, you can get back to what you're good at. Plus, you get a really cool IT platform to see and manage everything. There's a time to be a geek and there's a time to delegate. And when it comes to your business, delegation is how you survive. It's just so important. Look, if you want to bring your technology chops into your business, figure out the workflows, figure out how to make things go faster. Don't do IT. And for Automator's listeners, Electric is offering a free pair of Beats Solo 3 headphones for taking a qualified meeting. Just go to Electric. .ai/automator. So think about that. You can be listening to some sweet tunes on those wireless headphones while Electric is dealing with your IT problems. That URL one more time, electric.ai/automators. Go there now and get your free pair of Beat Solo 3 headphones today for scheduling a qualifying meeting. And our thanks to Electric for their support of the Automators.
0: So, Chris, one of the things that you mentioned is since you've last been on the show, uh, you haven't abandoned the iPad. It's all right, folks. We're going to talk about that in uh, Automator's Max how Chris is going to fix the iPad. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, you're using the Mac a lot more. What What does that look like? How has that changed things for you? Not necessarily just automation wise, but, you know, what does that look like big
2: picture? So I think the last time I was on, I had just bought a new macbook pro and it's one of like the m1 max i i went like full ham m1 max 64 gigs of ram four terabytes of storage uh like i just went all out on this machine uh because the uh, and before that for five years four or five years something like that timelines i told time doesn't make sense to me anymore. Um, I was editing and doing all of my work right from the iPad. And when I say editing, I mean editing videos, editing photos, I, or did I say Mac? iPad. I meant iPad. So my brain is gone. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. For, for four or five years, I was doing all my work on the iPad. I was editing video. I was editing photos. I was doing all of my work right from the iPad. Uh, but the app that I was using for editing video... It got really buggy. It got to the point where I wasn't able to export video, which is a problem Ooh. when you make videos for a living to, you know, yeah. for an income. So uh, I ended up having to get a Mac at the time. And when I got it, I was like, OK, I'm just going to use this for video editing. Like I'm not I, I love the iPad. The iPad is has been like my baby. Like it's I, I just absolutely love working for it. And this over the course of this last year, I've just been slowly using the Mac more and more. Uh, it's, I would honestly say I'm about 50, 50 split between the Mac and the iPad now. And we'll, we'll talk about why and, and automators max go to the URL to go to get that, uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, so I've been doing a lot with shortcuts on the Mac and there's a few key differences, uh, between shortcuts on the Mac. And I know you guys have talked about that, but, uh, the one that I absolutely love is quick action menus, especially like in Finder. That mm-hmm. is so nice. So I have a shortcut that converts any any image to a proper thumb proper thumbnail size for youtube yes. um youtube can be a little particular when it comes to like wanting a a um like it wants a proper file size it wants a 16 by 9 image uh so this shortcut does all of that for me. And I could just right click on an image and run this from the quick action menu, which and it just spits out a, you know, a duplicate of that version within the proper file size and the proper uh, resolution and all that stuff. Uh, and that's something that's just not on the iPad. And it's a bummer that it's not there because it's, it's just super convenient.
0: Yeah, yeah. You have to go through the share sheet on the iPad. And I think this is one of the the places where the, the differences between the Mac and, and the iPad really show. Because the Mac has the quick action um, menu. It's got services. Um, and then it's also now in Mac OS Ventura got share sheet for shortcuts, which it didn't previously have just yeah. to confuse matters. Um, uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm still using Sharebolt for a bunch of things just because it's a great app. Um, but um, it, it's, it's one of those things where if you look in the different menus, things look a little different. So if you go, if you add... A shortcut to the quick action menu, then then you get it with like an icon next to it. And if it's in the services menu, you don't have any helpful icon, and there's a bunch of other stuff in there, like reveal in forklift if you're using forklift, or run drop zone action if you quote drop zone, or you know iTerm, Edit, all those those things can can show up in there. They can add their own services, um, but the quick actions are more controllable in that they're in. Well, you can control both of them. This is where it's confusing. But either way, you, you get like a, a bigger, bigger option. And of course, you've also got the option to run things from the menu bar. And now with macOS Ventura Spotlight, have you been finding that you've been using things through Spotlight or are you firmly on, I don't know, LaunchBar, uh, Quicksilver, Alfred, Raycast? Are you on one of those bandwagons?
2: I am all in on Raycast. So I, I was a big Alfred person for a very long time uh, before I, you know, went all in on the iPad. And then when I came back to the Mac, of course, I installed Alfred. But then, uh, I, you know, everyone started talking about Raycast. And I was like, OK, I'll check this out. And it's nice. I love Raycast. The extension support that it has for third party apps is just it's it's fantastic. One of my favorite things is uh the extension for well, I got a couple, but one of them is uh the ability to create a new to-do for the app things. I trigger that all day long. I I that's basically how I primarily add tasks, especially when I'm at my Mac or or when I'm at my Mac, really, because Raycast is only on the Mac. Um that's how I, I add tasks into things. It's just so nice not to have to shift my context from whatever I am. So if mm-hmm. I'm editing a video or editing photos or uh, dealing with email or whatever, I don't have to go into another app. You know, I hit command space, type new to do, type, you know, fill out the information, command enter, and it just, it sends it off to things. It's so nice. But there's also an extension for Raycast for running shortcuts. And it's so good. It's so fast. Uh, I. It's oh, it's so good. I love Raycast. I, I've been saying I need to make a video about it for a while, and eventually I will get around to it. I've just been very busy. Uh, but with Raycast, that's basically how I trigger all of my shortcuts now. Uh, you know, I hit command space, type the shortcut name. And what's really cool about Raycast is you can even pass input into the shortcut. Now, this isn't something I do a lot. I don't know about you guys. I don't I, I don't have a ton of shortcuts that um, I, I can, like, I, I have a couple, but most of them don't, like, pass input from, like, what I'm doing. Like, they just run in the background or they, like, give me a menu and I pick from that kind of thing and do tasks based on that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I, so I have a lot of shortcuts that I pass uh, input to because I run them as part of another shortcut. So, mm. um, for example, um, like if I'm getting uh, together all of the the apps that I'm going to talk about on iOS today, um, I have one shortcut that goes off and it, it fetches the data from Airtable and asks me, hey, like, what do you want to like, do, which of these do you actually want to get data for? Because I can end up planning some, some episodes like way out and I don't when I'm quick trying to quickly plan for a show, I don't want to like be trying to cram everything in um in, in that one, you know, little time spot. Um so I'll I'll just pick the ones that I need. But then it passes that off to another shortcut that if it doesn't get input will then say, hey, what app is it that you were looking for information on, please? Uh, so that I can, you know, try and do something with this um, and then create it. Um, but it, it, you know, it just gets uh, iteratively passed uh, each, each app that it needs to go look for, um, which, you know, works really well for me. Um, but I tend not to end up passing shortcuts information from i use alfred and i've been using stephen millard over at thought asylums excellent uh alfred extensions Uh, i tend not to really end up passing uh extra parameters in partially because i don't remember that's a thing and also because my shortcuts are designed so that if they don't get given the data that they need then they ask for them and this is one of the things that came about um in i think it was ios 14 um where they changed the sort of um the, the share input so that you can say, Hey, if I'm asking for share input and there isn't any, what do you want to do? Do you want to stop and ask for something? Um, do you want to continue or do you want to stop and respond and just be like, <laughs> no can do, sorry. Um, and I think there's another option as well, but you know, having, having that as a, as an, as an option makes it very, very simple, uh, to just, you know, r- run my shortcuts as, as needed without providing the input. Um, it. it's nice to know that raycast has that support i know david you've been playing with raycast a bit
1: yeah you know i i'm actually running them both i've got uh, option space triggers raycast and command space triggers alfred and there are there are better pieces for each of them you know like there's certain things that one does better than the other uh, i will say on raycast uh, uh, that the shortcuts launch is super fast you don't have to type any modifier you just type the shortcut and that's that's really nice there's some other really nice features in there. Uh, like, I don't know if you use SF symbols at all, but their SF symbols implementation is really good. You can search the library and grab a symbol very quickly, which I think is something I use mm-hmm. use often. I was just looking for Chris. At one point I had running on Raycast, but I don't see that I have it anymore. Well, actually, the other thing for everybody is window management. Raycast is really good. Uh, I don't know if you've played with that, Chris, but like setting a window size with Raycast. Like you, there's a there's a window setting like sync called almost maximize, you know, and like it does a lot of really cool like window sizing features that I think are fun. But the one I wanted to, to point out to Chris is there's one where you can turn your cursor into a lightsaber, and I know you're a big Star Wars what? fan. Yeah, and okay, that's awesome. It, it used to be there, and I'm looking. I had it running at at one point, and now I don't see it. So what, I maybe was just, it
0: like May the Fourth that you did this on
1: you know i don't i feel really dumb not seeing it because i had it i thought i had it installed but you know me i'm always reinstalling and you know because of what i do and i managed to to nuke it at some point and i don't just don't see it so i i can't find it yet guys this may be me going down a wild rabbit hole but if i can find it between now and the time the show launches i'll put a link but that that was a cool feature and it, it does the sound you know when you when you set Aww. it off and but I, I don't see it anywhere. I'm searching their extension library for Saber and Light and Star Wars. So maybe that Have
0: you tried away. Saber with the correct and the incorrect spelling, just to be sure?
1: Oh, wait a second. Let me try one more thing.
2: That's that's a pretty cool uh, idea there. I can see like the sound might get annoying after a while, especially if you're somebody that has to like plug in your Mac for a presentation or something like that. That might not be the best, thing, but that would be so fun to play with.
0: You can um, like using SoundSource is one of the things I love using SoundSource for, especially now it's got shortcut support so that you can like properly integrate this on the Mac um, is you can actually say like, hey, uh, I want to like mute my sound effects. Um, and so you can you can just t- drag that down, um, and you can send it to a different speaker, like a non-existent speaker, if you wanted to, thanks to something like Loopback. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's one of the things I do as a side note before I, I present things or make a video is um, I've I've got a little shortcut that I run that like preps my screen and and so on, uh, which I also use for screen sharing. Um, and uh, one of the things it does is it drags like the, or it sets the the sound effects output to like ten percent. And some speakers that are plugged in but are set to a reasonably quiet volume. I don't I use them basically for this sort of thing. And it makes sure that the the sound effects go to that. So I'll still be aware of like somebody sent me a message or an email's come in or something if you know, if I if I need to be aware of things like that. Um and therefore those apps are left running, but it's it's not going to the output that will get redirected into whatever application I'm sharing with.
2: Yeah, that that's really cool. I um I've kind of done something similar, but with device management, like I have a bunch of shortcuts set up so that like when I'm doing a task, so especially like if I'm filming a video because I often film my devices. So I have a shortcut that will run and set like the proper brightness and do not disturb because I I try and keep my videos looking very – um coherent that's probably the wrong word but cohesive yeah like i don't want notifications like messages popping yeah i don't yeah exactly like i don't want messages popping in or like you know uh calendar appointments like notifications showing up and stuff so like having shortcuts for like tasks that you do repeatedly that put your computers into those proper states is really nice
0: Yeah, especially combined with focus modes now so that you can have a focus mode. This is what I have for podcasting. I have a podcasting focus mode. I use the same one for audio and video, but it will just kill pretty much all notifications. And it changes my uh, lock screens as well so that I just have the things on the lock screens that I want to show. So uh, I basically just have widgets for the developer app um and um the tips app uh there which is the only reason why i have the tips app still installed because it occasionally pops up something on screen i'll see it and go oh i could talk about that on ios today that's an interesting idea um but uh yeah it's it's nice to uh, you know be able to customize that and i'm really glad that we actually have the the option to do that now i feel like i need to look into raycast i i've got my alfred set up like it works perfectly for me i don't I, I've changed, I've slightly modified Stephen Millard's uh, script so that I actually um, don't have to use a prefix for shortcuts. Um, I can, oh. I can, I can just have like my shortcuts appear, um, which works brilliantly for
2: me. Um, that was the biggest reason why I went to Raycast was because I didn't want to keep typing SC and then the shortcut name. Oh, yeah. And I mean, didn't even think about, like, I was like, oh, I, I, it's just now dawning on me. This is the Mac. You could obviously modify things. I've been in the iPad world for so long that, like, if something doesn't do something exactly right, like, you can't – there's not a whole lot of modifying. So, I yeah, it's, it's – uh, but honestly, I just love Raycast. It's so fast. It's it's so unbelievably fast that it, it I I don't see me going back to Alfred.
0: Fair enough. I I love Alfred, and they they've been adding some really cool features recently, which works super well for me. Uh, but one of the things I actually want to do next is actually modify the shortcuts that appear, so that if I don't type um like sc at the start, um then I will only get shortcuts that are in folders. Because if the shortcuts are not in a folder, they're not organized. And there's a fairly good chance I'm going to have like untitled shortcut 274 um, or something showing up, which is not what I need when I type word shortcuts. I'll probably won't like take control of shortcuts appearing or something. Um, So, um, you know, I I, want to go through and just see if I can modify it so that I'll have every shortcut when I type SC um, and then just shortcuts in folders when I type. like just search generically. I'm pretty certain I'm going to be able to do that because writing alpha workflows has actually been incredibly easy. Um, and I have to say, one well, of the things that uh, I've done recently is actually um, uh, I've been using the, uh, it, it is a workflow. Uh, I'm just trying to remember the name of it. Uh, text expansion, where it can like watch what you're typing um, and then like pop up a thing on screen to do like a, um, a fill in, autocomplete and i know i could do this with texas spanner but i'm not running texas spanner on my work machine um so um i have um basically this watches for like me typing a specific pattern and it checks if i'm in like two specific applications and if i'm in either of those applications then it does the thing other than that it just doesn't do it um which which is perfect because i don't i don't want it running this the rest of the time um and and that's something that's a little bit limiting with snippets in some other apps um where like it's every app or no apps um or specifically after i've typed like a semicolon or something i don't want to have to type a semicolon in my string um but yeah i i should i should have a play with raycast at some point and and see what i like about it and and so on but uh, for now like my problem is is alfred works so well for me i really don't want to change it because Everything works, and and you know when you change a part of your workflow, and you're like, yeah, I'm trying to solve a problem, and then you accidentally instead of like getting rid of the loose pieces of like the sand grains that are kind of bothering you in your shoe, you accidentally put an entire beach and some sandpaper in your shoe. (laughs) Like that's what I'm worried about doing. So I will, I'll have to avoid that.
1: So let me weigh in a little bit. I've I've been using them both, and they're both delightful. I think Alfred's new extension system is really good, and Raycast has some amazing pre-written extensions the um uh, i will say alfred if you do any sort of file management in my experience alfred runs circles around raycast like if you do like i have certain alfred commands that only search certain folders and things like that and uh, i haven't figured out how to do that with raycast same thing with customized queries of websites i feel like alfred is better at that um but there there are parts of raycast that are just fun and like i feel like Kind of prepackaged, like the, like I was saying, the window sizing stuff earlier. And I did track down, there was a lightsaber command that got removed in December with a, um, they said they temporarily removed it. But if you typed lightsaber, it turned your cursor into a lightsaber. I thought that was kind of fun.
2: Ooh. That's awesome. Yeah. That also screams to me Disney lawyers. Uh, who knows? Yeah, right?
0: Disney have to offend, yeah. uh, defend their IP pretty vigorously. Uh, blame American Lulz for that. If you don't defend your IP, then you, you don't get to keep it.
1: Uh. I hate lawyers. They ruin everything.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said American laws, not lawyers, David. Uh, just to, just to be clear, um, but uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to look at it. I'm I'm downloading it right now, uh, just because I've been hearing about this from Federico Fattiggi and from you, Chris, for so long that I'm I'm gonna have to try it, if only to you know, like, you know, give give you you folks are you know using this a fair shot, um, but. Oh, it's one of those things where everything just works in Alfred, and it's not that it won't work in Raycast. It's that I'm gonna have to get started by like moving everything over into Raycast,
2: and you have that muscle memory already too. Yeah,
0: yeah. So even if I like swap it so that um, uh, Alt Space opens Alfred and Command Space opens Raycast, like I use the searches in Alfred so much like i'll type imdb space name of film or series or something or ha space and then the name of the thing that i'm searching for in home assistant which actually runs a doctor doc go search um with the the site filter for the home assistant website um and like the fact that you can do things like that so easily um has just become part of my muscle memory so i'm gonna have to be
1: and you're not gonna get all that
0: yeah, yeah. i'm gonna have to be careful about how i update things but equally you know i i can use two tools Oh, Siri, Siri just
2: Siri got agrees. triggered. Siri just Siri got agrees. triggered. That was weird. I it was on my watch and I pushed my wrist far too far back. Sorry yeah, about but that. But Siri
0: said that's what I figured. So obviously <laughs> Siri has spoken. I, I'm gonna have to try this out. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, no, David David's completely right. Like the file stuff is much better on Alfred, but like the extensions, I I I think the extensions are better on Raycast, but it's it's there's definitely trade-offs.
1: And, and there's nothing wrong with running two of these things. Um, yeah, you know. So I, I, I think, I'm
0: just scared that I'm going to forget that I've got both of them installed and then not use one of them.
1: No, one one of them will be better at the other one for something. And you're you're enough of a nerd that you're going to be like, oh yeah, I want the raycast window thing. I don't want the Alfred thing. So uh, I I do it all day. It's fine, you know. And I'm more senile than you, so you, you'll be good. <laughs>
0: Well, as it is, I will see uh what I can do. At the moment I need to figure out the 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 window so that it appears on my main window instead of the the active window because my my brain is broken when it appears on the window that my mouse is on because sometimes I bump my mouse around. But either way, I'll figure that out and uh we'll have to report back in a future show, David. I think we've we've got a couple of uh a couple of hundred thanks to you, Chris actually, content ideas for future shows. Yeah. Um so uh yeah, we'll have plenty more to talk about. This episode of Automators is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. Whenever I've looked for a new job or looked for somebody to work with on my team, I have always wanted somebody who fits not just from a skills perspective, but from a personality perspective as well. So seeing how somebody uses social media, even if it's a professional one like LinkedIn, can really help make the right decision. LinkedIn jobs can help you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post, company, and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. Identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect with them fast and for free. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform. Achieving your goals in 2023 is important. And you know, you probably will do it, but with the right team member, it can be done fast and in a fun way. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com automators. That's linkedin.com automators to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Our thanks to LinkedIn Jobs for their support of this show and all of FM.
1: Chris, okay, so I watch your videos and something you do is you keep making reference to the keyboards. In fact, you got a shelf behind you <laughs> that looks like a war zone of mechanical keyboards. Like something happened, and um, it, clearly you have a problem. But I want yes. you to share some wisdom with us. People out there like mechanical keyboards. How did you get into this? What What are you using these days? And, and what's what's making you excited about keyboards? And and what's the automation angle of this? Because I know there is one.
2: Yeah, so I got into this because a YouTuber friend of mine, uh, his, his channel, his name's Gary the Everyday Dad. Uh, he posted a picture of a keyboard with a keycap set, and it's like this blue gradient keycap. I can get you guys a link for the show notes, but it's this blue gradient keycap set, and it was just stunning. Like it just looked amazing, and I absolutely loved it. So I asked him where he got it, bought it, ordered the thing, and I didn't realize, but it came completely disassembled. <laughs> uh, so he I fell
0: into the keyboards trap.
2: They got me, and the, it wasn't my first mechanical keyboard. But my mechanical keyboard before that was it was a WASD one. It came completely put together. I, I didn't have to assemble anything. I you know it just came with standard cherry blue switches, stuff like that. So this keyboard came completely disassembled. I sp- I think it took me like four or five hours because I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, I was like looking up videos and all sorts of different things, putting it together. Uh, and once I got it together, I was like, you know, that was a lot of fun. That was that was just a lot of fun doing it. I absolutely liked it. So I kept my eye out for other ones. And I kept seeing like keycap set. Like I have a keycap set that is like a classic Mac keycap set, like classic, classic Mac. Okay. And it, it was just fun. So like I started putting all these together. If you're interested in getting key- into mechanical keyboards, I always tell people start with Keychron.
0: Oh, yeah. That's what I got.
2: Yeah. Yeah. They make great keyboards. They're, um, I I will say they're not as pricey as most mechanical keyboard sets, uh, and you can get them in different kind of levels of configuration. You can buy them completely put together with the switches and keycaps and not have to do any of that stuff, or you can just get the base keyboard and provide your own switches and own keycaps and stuff like that. There's there's a ton of different levels to how far you want to get into this. Um, And I've gone way into it. Uh, David's right. I do have a problem. I was counting the other day, including like macro pads and small keyboards and things. I have about 15. Uh, which is a problem. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, you say it's a problem. Um, I feel like I should uh take a moment to mention the Relay FM Discord, uh, which is if you're a member of Automator's Max, you've got access to the Relay FM Discord. If you're a, uh, a member of any of the Relay shows or the All the Great Shows uh, member, then you you get access to that. There is a keyboards channel. Um, and I I would just like to take a a, a bonus moment to thank Ian of Earth uh for enabling me into my lovely Keychron K4. Um, and, and he and some of the folks in the keyboards channel know how that happened. Uh, basically, uh, they, they, they were trying to make sure that Steven knew about something and accidentally pinged all of the mods. Uh, and they made me buy a keyboard. Uh, that's my story and I'm sticking (laughs) to it. Uh, but I got a Keychron K4 and I have to say, uh, so I swapped the keycaps on it, I swapped the switches. Um, and so I've got. Bowie U4s um, and Sakura something or other keycaps. So I've got like a lilac fading to a lovely peachy color through some pinks. Um, And it's gorgeous. Uh, I love it. And this is like the easy end of it. But I've not got into any macro pads or anything like that. I bought a macro pad actually the other day, Chris. I didn't realize that you had macro pads when I did this. Um, So like, how are you using the macro pads? Are you just like having them programmed as F keys and using them with like keyboard maestro or something? Or I mean, what's going on there?
2: So some of the buttons are just F keys and, you know, I'll go into Keyboard Maestro and set different actions to them. But where this gets really interesting with custom mechanical keyboards, a lot of them, and basically anytime you go to order a custom mechanical keyboard, you can see Uh, what software is supported for this. And I like one called Via. There's one other one, but it's extremely complex. Like it is way too complex for its own good. So I try and buy keyboards that are supported by uh, what's called Via, and uh, it's a web app. And the unfortunate thing is you have to use it through a Chromium browser. Uh, It does not work through Safari or Firefox. It has to be a Chromium browser. So uh, I use Brave because I refuse to install Chrome on my uh, Mac. Uh, But plug your keyboard in. It'll get recognized for it. And there's a few things you can do with this. So you can reassign keys. And VIA has support for media keys. So play, pause, backwards, volume keys, all that kind of stuff. So I have a macro pad. off. uh, It's the BN009. This is one of those macro pads that it goes uh, out of stock really quickly. So, like, if you see it and you want it, jump on it. Uh, and it's completely customizable. It's nine buttons. You can ch- change out the switches. You can change out the keycaps. And I ordered some keycaps from WASD that were media keys. So I have, uh, you know, backwards, play, pause, forward, and volume up and volume down. And then I also have four blank keys. And so you, you program these keys in via and you, once you have what you want, you can, uh, basically you rebuild the firmware to the keyboard. So you're wiping out what is ever in the keyboard and you're rebuilding it. And this doesn't have to just be the macro pad. So, uh, my favorite keyboard right now is the mode 80. Uh, I, Mike Hurley is the one he's responsible for making me buy this, um, but I, uh, I programmed a couple of the function row keys to be media co- control keys. So I have play, pause, volume up, volume down, and skip and back uh, on F11, F12, F13, F14, and F15 is what, what they technically would be. Uh, so those have been replaced. But you can take it a step further as well in VIA. So instead of just using the pre-assigned keys that are in VIA, like media keys or like your standard symbols or or uh, modifier keys or letters or numbers, you can also do macros. And what you do is you assign a macro key to be one of the keys in VIA. And then you go into the macro section and you can write your own macros. So you could do this uh, and have it trigger, you know, one key ca- key. Press, you could have it trigger a series of key presses. You can have it trigger the same key press over and over again. I'm sure for like gamers or something, that would be like really cool because mm-hmm. then you could like farm whatever and whatever game, that kind of stuff. I, I don't play PC games, sorry. Uh so but what I did is I used this to basically give me keyboard shortcuts for triggering shortcuts, like Siri shortcuts, shortcuts mm-hmm. the app on the iPad. Because on the Ooh. iPad, there is no keyboard shortcut support uh, uh, on shortcuts for the iPad. So what I did is I wrote a macro that hit command Space, typed out the shortcut's name, and hit enter from one key press.
0: Okay, that's pretty cool. Did you look yeah. at using any of the accessibility features for this? Because I know that like iPadOS has a lot of accessibility features support and triggering keyboard shortcuts is part of this. And the reason why this comes to mind is I saw something on Amazon the other day and I'm I'm going to sound crazy when i say this it was a tiktok camera ring i don't entirely understand what this was and how it worked i clicked on it because i had to click on it because i was like what the heck is this i was looking for a remote camera shutter for the iphone for my dad as a side note so that's that's how i stumbled across this but basically what it is is it's a a ring that you can wear it recharges comes with a case and so on i didn't order it uh because it seemed crazy um for for what we needed um but it has three buttons um, one of the buttons just presses the i believe is the volume up button um which is you know how you can trigger a camera uh, the, the camera on ios to take a photo but the other two buttons were using the accessibility features um because you had to have the accessibility features on to trigger something and on ipad if you have a trackpad or a mouse connected you don't actually have to see that accessibility dot
2: Yes. But, so
0: I was wondering if you can like use that or like, or do you like barely see it flash up on screen as it like hits command space and types in, in the shortcut? Is it is it that fast?
2: It's not that fast. It, it, it works, um, but the accessibility feature, I enabled that, but it enables, and I don't remember what it is off the top of my head, but it enabled a few other things that I didn't want. It was like- If uh, you went for the
0: full keyboard control, then it would be like tabbing between- lots of things and so on yeah Yeah.
2: it was it was it, it was more than what i needed and i just uh i just wanted i i okay i'm gonna pull back the curtain i i have made a request to apple to pull just the 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 keyboard shortcut bit out of that accessibility feature and like make it a separate thing so that way i we could just have you know keyboard shortcuts for shortcuts um but yeah i I but enabling that feature just enabled a bunch of other stuff. So, I yeah, found no, this to be the like best of both worlds, kind of be a good middle ground.
0: Yes, yeah, no, that makes sense. I was not thinking specifically of the like full hardware control side of the keyboard, which is something you can enable, but there the the other options where you can have things mapped to, for example, um the hot corners, um where swiping into a corner does a particular thing and so on, and that's things that you can enable in the I believe it's the accessibility settings um, uh, on um, iPad uh, OS. I left my iPad in the other room and I'm regretting it immensely right now. Um, So maybe what if you have an iPad handy and you could double check, but there's definitely some other things in there that you can enable without doing full keyboard control, which may be worth looking into. Um, Just to speed that up a little bit, you know, optimization, name of the automation game. But I, I love this idea. So even, you know, for for just thinking about this in a on a really basic level, it it sounds like, you know, via like you open a website, um, from from what I'm gathering, you know, you've plugged the keyboard into your computer. Um, and having done something similar with I use Edge because I also don't really want to install Chrome. Um uh, it'll like pop up and say, hey, like, do you want to allow this website to access like devices connected yep. to your Mac? And you 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 say, I want it to be able to access this device. So it'll just be accessing the keyboard. And then you can kind of just c- go away and click on, on stuff and, you know, see what magic happens or, or doesn't, as the case may be. Um, but it sounds like, you know, from a very simple level, you could have this um, just be a text expansion tool to start with. So like button one, you hit it and it inserts Christopher Lawley. Button two, you hit it and it inserts your YouTube URL um, and and so on and so forth. And then, you know, you can expand that to open the mail app with a new mail and type like this information into the mail for me, Um, which, you know, seems like a pretty cool way to get started um, for folks who are going, "Hmm, I'm not sure how I would use this. I I think there's a lot of different ways you can use it, especially if you do like a, a sequence of really strange keys like F4, 0, P, N, backslash. That's yeah. not a sequence of keys that you're going to hit regularly, but if it types that, and that triggers a Keyboard Maestro macro to run, well, you can actually have Keyboard Maestro run different macros depending on what application you're in, you know, using groups or whatever, based on, you know, that single key. That's that's really cool, because that's one of the things I struggle with. You know, you run out of buttons eventually um, in the F series. So, yes. Yeah.
2: And one of the benefits of doing it via... via... Uh, that was confusing, but you know <laughs> what I mean uh is that it's built into the firmware of the keyboard So yeah. if you have multiple Macs or if you're going between the Mac and the iPad or whatever it it's built into the firmware of the keyboard so no matter what computer your your keyboard's plugged into, it will always do that task uh so that's that's one of the reasons why I really like doing it that way as opposed to like uh like you know doing the macros and stuff for uh uh, like via Keyboard Maestro or something like that. Because, yeah, I have my MacBook Pro and, you know, I normally boot into Ventura now. But over the summer, I had uh whatever the previous version of Mac OS was that I'm already forgetting. And, and Ventura Monterey? as, yeah, Monterey. So I had Monterey on my main drive. And then I had a partition that was Ventura that I could boot into that. And then I also had my iPad that I would plug into. Uh, so like this kind of just lets me unify that stuff a little more, and my keyboard just plugs into the back of my studio display, so no matter what so whatever computer is on the studio display, that's the keyboard this keyboard is controlling that computer.
1: You ready for to spend some more money, Chris? Yes, yes, oh, I'm always ready. I want you to look up the ultimate hacking keyboard, okay. That's the right. website we had Turk uh, oh, months ago.
2: I think yes. I I think I've heard heard. Yeah. Oh, this is totally right up my alley.
0: Okay, I've got another yeah, thing which may be on both of your time. alleys, and uh, I've I've just put a link to it in the show notes. Um, so uh, this is a translucent keycap set, so that you can have all of the RGBs underneath your keys, and you can actually see them all. Uh, so I have oh, some pudding geez. keycaps. Um, which I'm gonna swap some of my keys out to, um, but I I'm I'm now debating just getting this because I went on Prototypist because it said that they had the BN 9 macro pad in stock. Uh, unfortunately, they don't. They're they're now out of stock. Um, and so ah. I I can't I can't actually just buy it. Uh, I got very excited for a moment and was like I'm I'm buying this is happening and and then I realized that I couldn't. And, uh, I'm sure I'm sure someone on keyboards will ping me as soon as it's available if I ask them nicely.
2: I think on their website, they have a notify me when available yeah, they do. as well. They do. Uh, but yeah, it's such a great little like if you just need a nine button keyboard to do, you know, little task here and there. It's so nice to just have off to the side. I really like that that keyboard. Uh, these keycaps look great. I'm not much of an RGB person like it's not my cup of tea, but I could totally see this. I have one keyboard that doesn't have any letters or numbers or symbols on it. It's just dots. Uh, and I, I love people's reaction when they see that one because they're like, how do you use this? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, yeah. It's one of those things where uh, sometimes uh, this this happened to me a couple of months ago. I, I needed to do something on a friend's machine for them. And they, they, you know, slid their keyboard over to me and I glanced down at it and it was in a Dvorak layout. Uh, so for people who are oh, not familiar no. with keyboards at all, like the standard layout for the Western world is QWERTY, where the first six keys across the top left are Q-W-E-R-T-Y. Um, if you're in France, uh, it will be AZERTY. Um, if you are in Germany, uh, it'll be quartz. It varies slightly depending on language. But either way, it's a fairly standardized keyboard layout with things where you would expect them to be. And this is Dvorak layout. And so I sort of looked at it and went, huh. And he was like, ah, can you touch type? I was like, yes, I can touch type. OK, I'll just switch the input back to Corti, And I'm there like typing and like staring at the ceiling, like trying to remember like where my heat fingers need to go. But I was successful in typing the the show commands I needed to type uh, to, to get everything done. So that, so that worked. But uh, it was one of those moments where I was like, oh, no, I theoretically know how to work around this. But now is going to be a test of my typing skills and like how much of how much how much of the mistakes I'm making is because I'm expecting to be able to look at the keycaps to remind myself where the J and the K are uh, next to each other versus like I, I'm just typoing uh, because my finger hit the wrong key. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, but either way, uh, it was successful in the end. But it's one of those things where seeing somebody's keyboard with a very different layout can just mess with your brain for a little while.
2: That's like back in my IT days when people used to have, a, they would have those ergonomic mice, the the ball mice. Oh, yeah. uh, I, anytime I needed to go work on their computer, I would just bring a mouse with me because I was like, there's no way I'm going to use this thing.
0: <laughs> do you not just always have a mouse in your pocket? Is this not a thing that other people do? Am I the weird one? Here? I mean,
2: back in my IT days, I I pretty much had like I l- had a little bag that I carried around with me and I had a mouse in there and I'd have like, uh, like just like a handful of like cables and stuff. But yeah. It, 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 I hate those those ergonomic ball mice. Like, I don't know how anyone can use them.
0: It, it does break your brain a little bit uh, yeah. sometimes, yeah. Uh, so going back to the macro pad, are you using things like a Stream Deck or uh, similar as, as well for videos, or are you just all in on the macro pads?
2: So right now I'm all in on the macro pad, but Stream Deck actually just sent me the new Stream Deck Plus. Uh, oh, I, I love it. I love
0: disclosure, it. Disclosure,
2: I didn't pay for it. They sent it to me. Nice. Uh, it's it's cool. It's interesting. But it is very limited if you aren't all in on like Elgato's uh, like camera and lighting setup and stuff.
0: So do you want a secret, Chris? Yeah. Because I, I can share a secret with you. First of all, well, two secrets. Uh, there are other uh, like systems, like uh, extensions that you can download into the Stream Deck software for like Zoom, OBS, um, and uh, I'm using it with Ecamm Live and things like that. So you can download that into the software. or Uninstall the Stream Deck software, install Better Touch Tool, and let Better Touch Tool take over your Stream Deck.
2: See, I've been meaning to do that, and I just haven't had time to do that. I I've, I've heard, I think it was you that talked about it in the past. Mm-hmm. That I heard you talk, and I was like, oh, I should do that, and I wrote it down, and I've just never gotten around to it. It's worth so, it the obs stuff the the zoom stuff i don't do a whole lot of those kinds of things like i don't do a lot a lot of live streaming or anything like that uh so for me the stream deck plus the only really the the thing that i only used the knobs for was volume control and it was nice to have there that you could do that but like the the regular stream deck the the 15 16 button one what whatever the normal the normal one is is just it's it's so it's perfect for like if you want like a programmable macro pad, but I really like the keyboard macro pads because one I like those switches, I like that clicky sound, I like being able to customize the keycaps, uh, and then with Via I can program all the stuff that you know I would do on the Stream Deck into like the function buttons and stuff uh, on on my normal Mode eighty keyboard.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. I personally really like the Stream Deck for, for the fact that the the pictures behind the button can change.
2: Yeah, that's cool. So
0: i I actually have a visual representation of what it is that I'm about to press because I will have multiple folders and they will change uh, depending on what I'm doing. So when I'm recording Automators, I get one one deck up. When I'm recording iOS Day, I get a different deck up, and they give me different buttons. Um, and remembering what those are. And just being able to quickly glance at what I'm about to press and see, oh, that's not showing me the automators deck. I need to hit the automators button and then hit that button is really useful. Otherwise, I might accidentally be tweeting that I'm recording iOS Today Live frequently um, when I'm not, um, which could just be confusing for people. Um, but yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's one of those things where setting it up, it t- it takes a little bit of work, but I feel like it's worth it. And I, I've really been trying to get more stuff onto the stream deck and was particularly with the stream deck plus uh the the touch bar I, I need to check if there's an update for better touch tool because um I I've uh, enabled the alpha and I know that last time I checked um the um this the touch screen was not yet supported and neither was like a double press on the knobs or the dials of the stream deck plus but I believe um that that may have changed certainly it's it's like it's marked in the app as like, we know this is a thing. It's just not here yet. So hold tight. Mm. Um, so, yeah. But definitely take a look at it. I personally feel like it is an excellent way to dive into uh, the Stream Deck a little more than, uh, than, than you may have done. And particularly when you've got things like shortcuts that you want to run, it's so easy to just run a shortcut from Better to Touch Tool.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I For me, running shortcuts just uh, it goes back to Raycast. It's just so easy to command space and because usually my hands are already on the keyboard so like just command space type the shortcut name enter boom runs uh that that's kind of where most of my shortcuts running works oh it's there
0: yeah yeah i just i just put i'm running the alpha so it may not be there in the release version uh, for folks uh who are listening at home uh but uh yeah i have i have touchscreen support so i'm i'm gonna be playing with that uh you know, this week and, and just giving that a go.
1: And for folks listening, Rose and I have a, a future show on the updates to the Stream Deck. So stay tuned. We're we're both doing a bunch of experimentation Ooh. right
0: now. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I'm yeah, excited
1: for
2: that one.
0: Yeah. It's it's gonna be good fun. And uh, it it's one of those things where like being able to really dive into a better touch tool and it as an alternative control system is great. Um for, for folks who use Windows, the Stream Deck software is much more powerful on Windows. Uh, than it is uh on mac uh for various reasons which are not entirely clear to me um i think it's just that the stream deck folks like windows more and think that more windows people will use it um i think it's a chicken and the egg problem like the microsoft phone there are no users because there are no apps and there are no apps because there are no users you'll have fewer people using the stream deck if there's not great software for it but hey better touch tool is here to save the day so uh yeah, we'll have to uh, dive into that in a future episode. Now that that's fully here, I may actually have to take this this uh, Stream Deck Plus on holiday with me next week, David. Now, um, can I take the stand off? There's screws. Maybe I can take the stand off to make that a little lighter and fit in the car more easily.
1: Well, either way, Chris, it sounds like you've uh, you've really gone down the rabbit hole. I, I would love to hear if you ever decide to get one of these ultimate hacking keyboards. I feel like someone like you might really have fun with it. Um, I I have had one in a cart for like eight months and I've just never pulled the trigger on it. I just can't, I just, it's, it's expensive and I just not sure if I really want to go that far down the keyboard rabbit hole, but I feel like uh, you have reached that level that this may be in your future.
2: Yeah, it definitely looks very interesting. I am setting it aside. uh, Like, like we talked about, I'm moving. So uh, there's a lot of expenses already. So buying keyboards is on hold for right now, but uh, I I, I, I mean if you have
1: 15 you're definitely going to end up with 16. Let's just be honest. Yeah,
2: oh, yeah, no, I'm I'm not saying I'm I'm quitting. I'm not. Yeah, no. I know I know there will be more. Uh it's it definitely looks very interesting. I it is in my list of uh keyboard stuff I want to buy. So yeah. Uh you, you know you have a problem when you have a notes document of hey, here's a bunch of stuff I want to buy.
1: Yes, yeah, and yes, then you know the, the, the darn thing is the Apple keyboard has the Touch ID button, and that that yeah. is so addictive.
0: Okay, so um, <clears throat> did you know that you can take the Apple keyboard apart, and if you have a friend with a three D printer, <clears throat> just just saying, uh, then they can three D print a little housing so that you can put the Touch ID from the magic keyboard with the touch ID into that housing so you can just have a touch ID button on your desk, which for me is great because when I walk into a room, like I can I could use touch ID to to wake up my Mac and also authenticate like passwords and stuff on the Mac. Um, if your if your Apple Watch is in sleep mode, you can't use it to um like unlock things and similar on on Mac OS. Um, and so when I when I walk in, it's like being able to touch ID, hit a couple of streamed out buttons to get things set up the way I want go grab some water come back and you know everything's set up with just the apps running that I want and things moved around and so on and you know it's, it's lovely. and then I sit down and do my work and then that's that's where Alfred comes into play a little so time.
1: rose have you actually done that you've you've taken the touch id out of I have camera. not
0: done it yet I'm currently in the process of printing a couple of these uh, little housings for the touch id button uh, for somebody in the really fm uh, discord uh, which by the way chris uh just just to confirm your hurling number is 15 then uh, My what? Your Hurley number. So, in the Relief FM Discord, there is a concept called the Hurley number, which is the number of keyboards you own. Uh, I believe it's the number of keyboards you own. There is a oh, pin yeah. in the Discord, in the Discord channel for calculating your Hurley number.
2: Oh yeah yeah yeah. It would yeah it would be fifteen. Yeah sorry yeah. I I need to be better about looking in on Discords. Uh, oh that's okay. Y- yes, it, it's uh fifteen.
0: Excellent. All right, I will. Make sure to mention that to them when this episode comes out, because otherwise, I'm sure they're going to be uh, messaging and saying, "Hey, what's what's Christopher's early number?" Uh, because this this has to be calculated. Um, but yes, it's uh, one of those things. If you are interested in like mechanical keyboards and so on. Uh, do and and you're in the Relay FM Discord channel. Like, do pop into that keyboards channel because they are super friendly and welcoming. If you tell them like, "Hey, I'm interested in like trying out smart keyboards," uh, sorry, mechanical keyboards. And, like, here's my budget. Tell them what your budget is, folks. Uh, just as a side note, because these keyboards can can yeah. get very pricey. Um, then they will like you know help you figure out what kind of keyboard you want. Um, and and what you should try. I went with the Keychron. Um, and I have to say, I love it. Uh, I then loved it so much, I bought a second Keychron. Um, so, you know, that worked out pretty well for me. Um, but there's there's certainly plenty of places out there where you can uh, find out more about that. And uh, yeah, also, Chris, there's some places that folks can follow you online if they're not able to hang around for Automasis Max.
2: Yeah, um, the the easiest way to find me is you can go to the untitled.site. Uh, it has tabs there one is projects you can see my, link to my youtube channel and all the other stuff i'm doing and the other tab is an about tab and has all the ways you can you know get in touch with me mastodon uh email i almost said twitter but not twitter uh i yeah i i, I those are the ones i can think of off the top of my head uh but yeah uh, the site. you can find me all there or you can find my work on youtube i'm just christopher Lolly, l-a-w-l-e-y
0: Perfect. I'll make sure that we've got links to all of that in the show notes. And uh, yeah, in the meantime, you can find uh, Automators over at relay.fm slash automators with the entire archive and back catalog, including Christopher's last episode uh, at relay.fm slash automators slash archive gets all on one page. Or you can uh, join us in the forums, talk.automators.fm. Uh, David, you are also online. Do you all tell folks where people can find you?
1: You can find me over at maxbarkey.com.
0: And uh, you can find me at rosemaryocha.com
1: Thank you to our sponsors, ExpressVPN, Electric, and LinkedIn Jobs. And we'll see you next time.